Warning: Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Here Dancing around him, reciting poetry. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my God! That's crazy. No. Why? <laughs> oh well, big surprise. Oh God! <laughs> Dead on the bathroom floor. Get it? It's okay. Oh. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, what are you drinking today, Marion? Today I'm drinking Pucka Three Ginger. Ooh, I'm taking three ginger. Three gingers. I only thought there was one ginger. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Are there different types of ginger? Is this a really blonde thing for me to say? <laughs> are there? I don't know what kind of, I thought there was only that big ugly knobbly ginger. Same. Ginger. Types of ginger. Oh, I think there's like grassy ginger. Right. Very interesting. Ginger is so ugly. It is so ugly. When you look up the pictures. Right, there's so like good. long finger root ginger. I'm looking at it. That's quite frightening looking some of them. What about you? What are you drinking? I am actually um drinking coffee. Oh, oh my gosh. Enough. You never drink I coffee? I know, I know. Um, I'm shaking it up here. And there's a bit of a, of, of, of a theme because so there's caffeine in my coffee and there's also <gasps> caffeine in my beauty product. <gasps> so oh, the coffee no was gifted to me. It's um, Hen's Teeth. It's a brand. Uh, they, they sell like lots of different kind of, my understanding is it's sort of like Irish made products on their website, but then mm. they do their own products as well. Mm-hmm. So this is their positive energy bliss inducing house blend. Oh, okay. uh, it's got Ethiopian, Guatemalan and Colombian beans mixed together. Um, it's like a medium roast. It's really, it's really, really nice. And it has actual caffeine. A lot of the time I drink decaf, but keeping with the theme. Oh, I forgot to say, yeah, my pucker was, it's one of the ones from the uh, uh, gifts oh, yeah, I got from, from the gift bag. Also gifted Very to me. Nice. And what, what are, you, are you doing a pamper session today? I am doing, well, I'm not doing anything because I already did it earlier. We got a message from, I'm not going to say her name, uh, but it's LW. And she wrote in, We because I think we were talking about like avocados or something like that that people put on their hair. Oh, yeah. She wrote in and she was saying, like what about the people who put vinegar on their hair have you ever put vinegar on your hair never no no I had never I had never done that so in the name of beauty and science I did it today oh my god Uh and what's what's the verdict I don't know my hair's clean and kind of soft it's like but it smells like vinegar I mixed Uh, like smell Mm -hmm. but like you wash it out though I did yeah 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 yeah. okay and it's still a little bit sometimes like I'll put on Aussie, do like a hair conditioner, but it's also like a hair perfume in one. So you could put something on like that to like mask. <laughs> yeah, well, but, like um, it should but, be. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's I think it's meant to strengthen your hair. Um, I'm not too sure, but I use just apple cider vinegar mixed oh, with see, water. I was gonna say clear vinegar. Do you think clear vinegar would be better? I don't know. Well, that's what I had in my head. I don't know why. It's meant to strengthen the hair as well as improve luster. Ooh. But yeah, it's all right. I smell a bit funky, but... Hair perfume. Yeah, just, I just press some perfume on. Send us 
other Some recommendations more, like unusual yeah we love it uh-huh, uh-huh. Really well, but i'm not putting avocado on my hair because it's too expensive too expensive but any mm. other things like vinegar that you have in the cupboard that are cheap and to be honest you never finish your vinegar ever you know yeah, it just true. sits there so mm. yeah very interesting well i'm using it just arrived in the post the other day i was super excited the inky list caffeine eye cream uh-huh i'm specifically putting it i'm so extra i have an eye cream for my upper lids and an eye cream oh for my, my lower god lids. oh my god <laughs> i've never heard anybody talk about this no this i mean like there's meant to be like a seven step night routine or something but tries oh, like no 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 the Korean I do eight step night routine eight steps (laughs) (laughs) yeah I have an upper and lower um eye cream so I know this is going on the lower eye just specifically because the caffeine is supposed to like like constrict the blood vessels the blood vessels Mm -hmm. um which kind of cause the bluish you know like the blue is literally like the blood vessels Mm -hmm. so if you can kind of like restrict those or like constrict those I'm not sure what's the correct term but you know uh it sounds kind of scary because it sounds like you're stopping the blood from like flowing there but I'm a very veiny person very like, your eyeballs are so veiny I have like purple and blue yeah. veins I yeah. remember when I was younger and I didn't wear makeup I was at the Gale talk and I remember mm-hmm. we were having like a special dinner night Mm-hmm. And everyone went down and I like wearing nice clothes and stuff. And like one of the girls said to me, like, Oh, I love the purple eyeshadow you put on. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not wearing any eyeshadow. <laughs> oh. So those are my eyes. Oh. Um, but it, the, 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 the lids don't bother me too much. I guess I can't see them. Other people see them when I blink. Yeah. So, well, look at the problem. Blue I can't see my own eyelids <laughs> that much. I can see my bags though under my eyes. Um, so this is what I've been putting. I've only been using it for a few days. It says it can take up to six weeks to see results. So I'm gonna have to like stick it out, and oh, I will catch you up. I know, I know. I took it. I took a like before picture. Oh my god, really? Yeah, I'm like really excited to see. Does it help with the, so it's the darkness got, that I don't like? So you got the caffeine underneath, and you've got what on the top? I've got the Ombre Elise. I think it's called like Lat Creme Concentrate. Uh-huh. So I've been taking really good care of my eyes recently. A lot of effort, <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of money. Ugh. So today I'm going to tell you a little story about the vampire killer of Anglesey. I hope oh. I'm saying. Anglesey, right? I thought you were going to say vampire. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's how you say vampire, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. On a quiet Sunday afternoon in November 2001, a volunteer was delivering Meals on Wheels to 90-year-old pensioner Mabel Lations. Hopefully I said that right. Mabel Lations Anglesey home in... Okay, get ready for this. Oh, gosh. I'm going to need to pause. Um, I'm gonna pause. How many? Uh, is there an app that counts letter? Counts letters? Why can't you just count it? Uh, there's too many letters counting this fucking word. Oh, is it? Um, is it Welsh? Mm-hmm. It's Welsh. Oh. <laughs> uh, count characters. Okay. Okay. Fifty-eight. Okay. Right. Go back. What? To no. Yeah. No. Go back. Okay. Okay. Right. So we're going. Okay. <laughs> Got fifty-eight letters. Fifty-eight. Shut up. Yeah. To spell Mabel's it. Spell home. it out. Oh, God, I think it's going to take too long. Mabel's home mm-hmm. was in, I'm going to try to pronounce this, it's Fif, 
58 characters long. <laughs> no spaces, no hyphens. Okay. All these letters run into each other. Okay. Lanfair, Pigwill, Gilgogger, Churridob, Will, and Silly Old Gogo. What? Gok. No. It's ridiculous. There's, at one point, there are four L's in a row. Four L's? In the middle, like near the middle end of the word. And then there's like, go, 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 gok. It's madness. This town. Okay, something something happens in this town, okay? But before this happened, mm-hmm. this town was really only known for having the longest name in the UK. <laughs> well, so... <laughs> That's definitely, definitely the, you know, point of difference for them. And then this thing happened. So when Mabel didn't answer the door and the woman noticed a smashed rear window, the police were called. The scene that greeted them in the neat, tidy bungalow was one of unimaginable horror, as DS Mm -hmm. Alan Joan recalls. It was totally macabre, he says. Mabel was sitting in her usual chair and had clearly been watching television when she had been stabbed from the back. A pair of pokers had been placed in the position of a cross in front of her chair along with some candles. So wait, what? Mm -hmm. So there was a cross and candles around... How was she stabbed in the back if she was sitting? I don't don't know. Maybe she leaned forward? Or maybe her, her back wasn't fully in the chair? Um, or maybe she was positioned that way you see yeah in other articles I did read about how they didn't think that she mm-hmm. was attacked in that chair and um, people thought mm-hmm. she was in another chair or she was somewhere mm-hmm. else and then she was positioned in that chair um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure did they ever clear that up so there's pokers like from the fire have been positioned into a cross and then there's oh, candles laid out so very kind of ritual style going on here and in front of Mabel was a saucepan inside the saucepan Mm -hmm. something was wrapped up in newspaper in the saucepan and it was found later in the mortuary when you know they examined Mabel that what had been in the saucepan because Mm -hmm. they weren't 100% sure but they confirmed that it was Mabel's own heart. Oh. Yeah. So they seen a heart, but they were like, okay, you know, this is a ritual. Is it, you know, like a pig's mm-hmm. heart or, so, you know, an animal heart? But no, it was her heart. A quantity of blood mm-hmm. was also found in the saucepan and lip marks were discovered on the side of the saucepan, suggesting that the killer had drank her blood from the saucepan. Oh, gross. Uh D.S. Alan Jones described the crime as the most horrific murder scene he had ever seen in his 25 years on the police force. He said, quote, it's not something you could ever forget. Mabel had been stabbed 22 times and jagged cuts were found on the side of her neck, suggesting that the killer was trying to sever her arterial vein. Other wounds on her body, including deep cuts on her legs and wrists, suggested the killer had attempted to drain as much blood as possible from her body. There was also a nine-inch gaping wound in her chest where the heart had been ripped out. I don't even know how you manage that. Because the ribs are in the way. Right? 
I, I mean, like, I, like yeah, surgeons, they need to use those, like, big buzzsaw things to, like, get in. How did he just, like, rip Mabel's heart out? With just a knife. Oh. I believe it was just oh. a kitchen knife that was used. Oh, my God. Probably from her own home. Yeah. That's a lot. Oh, no, poor Mabel. So, yeah. The, um, the brutal murder obviously badly mm. shook the close-knit community. By the way, if, if I refer to the town, I'm just going to call it Lanfair PG. <laughs> That's what it's referred Landfair to. PG. Landfair PG. I'm not sure where the PG comes from. So they refer they refer to it as Landfair PG. Um, so it really mm-hmm. shook the town. It was a small town and violent crime here was completely unheard of. Mm-hmm. But after Mabel's brutal death, neighbours reported seeing strange vans around the area and this started to make people nervous. So it's always the thing of like, are people just on high alert now or, you know. Yeah, they're just like every, every little twitch or yeah. something. Totally. Mm-hmm. People are frightened. Um, oh, yeah. Things start to get a little weird. So a short time later, a man from the town, now apologies, I do not have his name, but he set fire to himself and he jumped off the Menai Bridge. It's a bridge in the area. Mm-hmm. Um which I, it, it, it's not related to Mabel's death, um, but it's just really bizarre. That happened very shortly after she died. And then after that, another woman was found dead in a local cemetery. So they do say things come in threes, and this really did. So people are just freaking out. And there's this heightened atmosphere of fear in the town, you know, quite strange deaths, um, quite, you know, there's a dark yeah. thing going on here. So people are really, really freaked out. But police quickly ruled out any link between the three deaths. Really? I mean, how yeah, have people set themselves on fire? It's in that bizarre. I, I, you know, you hear about that sometimes, about people setting themselves on fire, and it really disturbs me. It's obviously a, it's a mental health problem going on but it's just can you imagine seeing that it's so frightening but like he jumped off into off a bridge so maybe he landed in water i don't know but look he's gonna die anyway so i don't know yeah um so he died um so the three deaths weren't linked but there was a lot of pressure to catch mabel's killer because it was you know the suspicious deaths i think the others were maybe just real suicide um Mm. So there's a lot of pressure to catch Mabel's killer. And Mabel, by the way, is such a cutie. If you haven't seen the, the pictures of her, they'll be on the Instagram. She's just, oh my goodness. She's the sweetest looking um, lady. It's just, oh, so sad. Um, so it was scary for the DS, DS Jones, is quoted as saying, it was scary for the community because, of course, they thought that whoever was responsible for Mabel's death might offend again. Initially, police informed the public that they were pursuing someone with considerable knowledge of physiology, mm-hmm. uh, gained perhaps through the medical training or in the butchery mm-hmm. trade, <coughs> mm-hmm. and someone with the strength to open a chest, as we discussed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not so, a small feat. Yeah. In terms of evidence to help find the killer, there had been DNA left at the scene and on the saucepan. Mm-hmm. And a distinctive trainer tread was found on the patio outside the broken back window. Mm-hmm. This always um, 
the whole trainer thing is just throw out your trainers right yeah, yeah. why do mm-hmm. people hold on to the shoes that they used when they committed a crime it boggles my mind or, or just get a pair of shoes like and that is your murder shoes and then you never wear them again and like and then if they're discovered you throw them throw them out throw them in the bin my murder shoes my murder shoes. So, despite a hundred locals volunteering to be DNA tested, police were initially stumped until DS Jones's appearance on BBC Crime Watch prompted a flurry of calls suggesting they look at a local teen, Matthew Hardman. So you're thinking Matthew. teen, and you're thinking, how could he possibly open a chest? Mm-hmm. So Matthew Hardman had moved to the area at age 13 to live with his mother, Julia, a nurse, and her partner, Alan Bennyworth, a former fireman. Um, And he moved in with them after the sudden death of his father, who had an asthma attack. So that's quite sad. So a little bit of, well, not a little bit, a lot of disruption in his life there. Obviously, his parents, you know, were, were separated and now he's lost yeah. his, his um, biological father. But apart from this, Matthew was a typical teenager of the area. He had excelled at art during his time at school and had went on to study art mm-hmm. and design at the local college. Investigating officers had already spoken to the now 17-year-old Matthew during their mm-hmm. house-to-house inquiries, but they had not found him to be suspicious. In fact, he really came across as just, quote, a remarkably normal kid. I don't know if you ever want to be called remarkably <laughs> normal. <laughs> remarkably <laughs> normal. That is a literal quote. Remarkably well, normal. Well, then, surely anything that's remarkable is not normal. I feel like that's... Oh, like, it's almost an oxymoron. I know, yeah, right? I mean, but... <laughs> I love that remark. Remar- remarkably normal. Wow, he is so normal. Yeah. Wow. Um, that makes him not normal. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> nobody is. Nobody is perfectly normal. I know. I know. Right. Now he did, however, happen to live just two minutes away from Mabel's home, and oh. they discovered that he regularly delivered a free paper to her. So I would say that was probably on like a weekly basis or something like that. So he knows her. Yeah, he's aware of Mabel. Uh, They -hmm. know each other. So Mm -hmm. alarm bells went off for DS Jones when he learned of an earlier incident that Matthew had been involved in with a 16-year-old German exchange student. Matthew visited this girl and... I I think it was a romantic interest. I'm not... Mm -hmm. Different articles. Some articles are just saying it was just friendly. It doesn't really matter. But anyway, he exchanged with her his theory of how Landfair PG was a perfect location for vampires, since many of its residents were elderly. And if they died, nobody would notice. What? Mm. Suspicious much? That's so stupid. Uh, what like, a thing to say. I think he was trying to court this girl. I mean, that's not oh, gonna do it. Don't say things like that. First date conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So after he had revealed his theory, he then actually accused this girl of being a vampire herself, and I think this is maybe what had attracted um her to him. I don't know, was she like pale or something? I don't know. You mean him to her? 
did I say her to him? Him to her. Yeah. Apology. Yeah, he was attracted to her. He was, I, he was attracted. She well, looked like a vampire. I mean, why would you think someone's a vampire? She's. Vampires aren't real. He's 17, right? He's 17. And look, I also want to note that this is before Twilight or anything. Like, this is 2001. Not that people weren't always interested in things like this, but it's just, mm-hmm. like, really weird that he's so obsessed with this. Obsessed. So yeah. for some reason, he has it in his head that she's a vampire for some reason. I mean, she's maybe not. it's way too dressed. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. But and he, they were together in her bedroom and he pushed his neck against her mouth and pleaded with her. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. It's a really pathetic image, <laughs> visual. He pleaded oh with her to bite him so that he too could, quote, become a vampire and be immortal. Oh my god. So initially she thought he was joking, you know, a bit of a laugh. Uh-huh. I know, right? But later she began screaming when he pushed her onto the bed and repeated the order, bite me. The terrified oh teen refused and was then assaulted by Matthew. Unfortunately, I don't have any further information, but that's yeah, enough for me. Assault. She, yeah. He clearly got physical in some kind of a way. Uh-huh. So This is hilarious now. When police were called, mm-hmm. Matthew proceeded to beg one of the officers to bite him. Oh my god, why? I only seen this in one article, so I'm not sure if I believe that. It, it happened, it happened. I don't know, that would be like alarm bell. Like that to me is like, this kid's not right in the head, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Further investigation uncovered that Matthew was in fact completely obsessed with vampires devil worship and the dark arts and had spent hours visiting various macabre websites in his bedroom same matthew however denied being obsessed alleging his fascination with vampires was nothing more than a subtle interest (laughs) you were screaming at like a chick and you were screaming at officers bite my neck bite my neck what an idiot not a subtle interest yeah so everyone's aware that this kid is you know like everyone in the town is like oh my god weird so after police were able to debunk matthew's alibi for the night of mabel's murder Mm -hmm. um so he had said he was working at a local hotel that night uh which you know obviously they have record of the staff so that was thrown out um so after they debunked his alibi they conducted a search of his house and during the search officers recovered his shoes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which matched the footprints found at the scene. What an idiot. Mm -hmm. They also searched uh, the pocket of his coat that was hanging on the door of his bedroom. And they found the kitchen knife um, that was used at the crime. And this was still stained with Mabel's blood. So it was just in a coat pocket, hanging on his door. You know, he didn't even attempt to clean it, to hide it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he's in a whole different world of his own. Yeah, you know he, I mean? he's not. He's not yeah. in a good place. D.S. Jones admits he was shocked that the killer was so young, mm-hmm. but says that Matthew was chillingly calm when arrested in January of 2002. He said there was no panic or no objection to being arrested, and he was perfectly happy to be interviewed, he says. He freely admitted that he searched a lot of websites looking at forensic issues and vampirism. In fact, he was quite happy to talk about anything except the killing of Mabel, which he denied. 
Um, Psychiatric nurse Chris Kinley, who met Hardman after his arrest, was also struck by his calm reaction. Mm-hmm. He said he was a young lad, handsome, blonde hair, blue eyes, well-dressed, well-spoken, very polite. Mm-hmm. I knew what he was accused of, and I thought if my daughter had brought him home, I'd think, what a nice lad. He was very confident and very polite. When I was 17 years old, if I'd been escorted or dragged into a Category A maximum security prison and told I was charged with murder, I would have been in floods of tears, as most 17-year-old boys would. Mm-hmm. But the thing that got me, apologies, this is a really long quote, but I, I, this guy's going to get inside. But the thing that got me about Matthew Hardman was he had this incongruous smile. He was totally indifferent. When I asked him, how do you feel? He said, this is the most exciting thing that has ever happened to me. Oh, God. It's so, so frightening. He is so creepy. Um, just the mm. honesty in that is just yeah. oh, why are you being so honest. <laughs> well, he, he was um, extraordinarily normal. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been so boring for him before. Yeah. In, two th- in August 2002, Matthew Hardman was convicted of murder and sentenced to life with a minimum of 12 years, which is not that long. Oh, wait. How old is he? He's 17, he, right? 17. I'm not sure if when he was like. Yeah, he would have, well, depends when his birthday is, because I'm not sure when his birthday is, but he was 17 when he was arrested. I'm not okay. sure if he was still and then 17. he was tried as a child or tried well, as an adult? Well, I think he would have been, but he got 12, a minimum of 12 years. The judge, Mr. Justice Richards, he concluded that it was Matthew's obsession with vampirism that was behind the killing. He said, you really did believe that this myth may be true. You thought that you would achieve immortality by the drinking of another person's blood and you found this an irresistible attraction. So after the verdict, Matthew burst into tears. So finally he cracks. Um, Yeah. And his mother, Julie, shrieked and began sobbing in the public gallery. It's so sad. Also in the gallery was the teenage German exchange student, who also left the court in tears and refused to comment on the verdict. I'd say she's feeling like she had a close call, you know. Yeah. Psychiatrist Emma Kenny weighed in on the case, saying she believed Matthew's extreme and brutal killing came from a desire to fit in. Kids have, sorry, she's quoted as saying, kids have got this desire to always fit in, but also to be somebody of a standing If you don't really feel that you are ever going to get anywhere or that you're ever going to succeed, connecting with something that makes you feel like you stand out, even if it's macabre and black and wrong, it's attractive. And so you can find websites and platforms that say, yes, you are special. And you can almost start to live in a different reality. And this is, he definitely was not on this planet at all. No, no. Matthew is a cold-blooded killer. And what he did was absolutely terrifying. But the delusions he had are so horrific, you have to ask what was going on in his life that made him feel so invincible that he wanted to make himself visible in such a distressing and tragic way. I think Mm -hmm. she she believes he almost wanted to get caught. Uh Like a cry for help, a really weird cry for help. Um, D.S. Alan Jones says he has no doubt that he stopped a serial killer in his tracks. He yes, said the 
I was given by two psychologists who worked with me on the case said that whoever was responsible was very likely to kill again. Mm -hmm. If we hadn't discovered the evidence, arrested and subsequently convicted him, he would have gone on to commit further horrendous crimes in Anglesey and elsewhere. That is the story of Matthew Hardman, the vampire killer. And he hasn't done any interviews from jail or anything? I don't think so, but I'm seeing a lot of articles saying that he's like proud that he's in jail. Uh Good job, Trez. I'm glad you liked it, yeah. Slan Walia. Bye. Me Time and Murder would like to thank and acknowledge our sources that make this podcast possible. References can be found on our Instagram page.